0: Howdy. I'm Jim Ford.
1: And I'm Dan Kurtzky.
0: And this is The Lantern Cast.
1: Episode 118. That's what you said, right?
0: That is definitely something that I have said at some point.
1: Why am I still the person that does the number? I never know what it is.
0: Because I usually have less of an idea.
1: You're the one that tells me.
0: <laughs> I'm the one that says that this is The Lantern Cast. It's hard enough for me to remember what the name of the podcast is. Yeah. I have to go with what I'm good at.
1: Hmm. <laughs> There's too much to say about that, so let's just get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thank you for your decency, and we'll go right into a voicemail. Um, and here it is. Okay, this is for Jim Ford. This
1: is Lantern Cast Listener Bolt New Direction. Sitting at work listening. German greeting, I'm sitting in front of Google Translator, and I'm about to give this a shot. So here you go. Hallo und danke für den
0: Lanterncast. Bitte hinterlassen Sie eine Nachricht und hat einen
1: guten Tag. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely a very awesome voicemail, and we thank you for it. But uh, what's even better is the Google Translation. Um, because as as you could guess, the Google translator doesn't do too well with foreign languages.
1: Or English, for that matter.
0: <laughs> that, I, fair enough, fair enough. So, the way that this, this voicemail broke down was Okay, this is for Jim Ford, this is Listen. Cashless Maple, New Direction. Sitting at work, listening to happen. So, 113 and I heard your call out for a German greeting. I'm sitting in front of Google Translator, and I'm about to give this a shot. So he did you go, hello, when Don King's Road then offered as I entered cast be talking to licensees. I did not grate or in the hot side including Todd.
1: Now, you laugh, but... Neither of us speaks German, so that might actually be what he said.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he did not say "I did not great" or "in the hot side," including Todd.
1: You're just making stuff up now. So,
0: thank you, Cashless Maple New Direction.
1: Can't, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. You have to. It's cool. We heard from him. Like he, he, uh calls into the x cast a lot, so I'm used to hearing his voicemails just not talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so, can, so is that going to uh, be our new voicemail greeting? <laughs> uh,
0: probably not. Only oh. because I don't have any idea how to change that anymore. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. All right. Well, have a once. <laughs> once our current voicemail number lapses, it can be the next one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that never happens.
1: Oh yeah, no, that'll never happen.
0: Because we have an awesome voicemail number.
1: Yeah, it's gonna sting really bad when we lose it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that 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 voicemail number is seven zero eight lantern.
1: 2013 folks what will it be then (laughs) god Uh. speaking of 2013 something that's not entirely at all related to 2013 i just wanted to as long as we're tacking stuff on to the beginning of the episode so we don't forget about it later right uh i assume you saw this the uh diamond january list So the time of January list... Oh,
0: yes, 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 yes. The top...
1: Yes, top yes. The top ten, yes, th- yes let yes, me tell yes. them! Yes. <laughs> Asshole. Okay. So the top ten... Yes. This is why we need Chad. So the top ten... Uh, highest selling comics... Period. For the month of January 2012 were all DC books, all right? But the thing that pertains to us mostly is the fact that Green Lantern was number five on that list. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like, the fifth best-selling comic in the country, period. And I don't have... Uh, I don't have the page anymore. I don't know where it is, but, like, uh, DC... Like, they didn't announce actual numbers but, like their, top, like, their top ten best-selling digital, like, through their digital store and comiXology and whatever, like, I think Green Lantern is basically at around the same spot there as well. So, this book's pretty doing pretty good and pretty stable.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, the list goes, um, these are all number five issues, you know, because that was what came out in January, but Uh, Number one is Justice League, followed by Batman, Action Comics, Detective Comics, Green Lantern, Batman the Dark Knight, Superman, The Flash, Batman and Robin, and Aquaman. And one of the things that I had commented on the forums was that, like, you know, it's it's great to see Green, Green Lantern doing so well. It is a little surprising that... Green Lantern actually sold better than the Superman comic. Now, granted, Action Comics, you know, is the number three book for the month, but uh, I think uh, I think it says something when Green Lantern outsells the book titled Superman.
1: Yeah. Although, it being just one slot above the Dark Knight. Why why is that book on this list? Why is it not, why is it so high? <laughs> I mean,
0: I have to imagine it's well, I do like the art. Like, I, I think the art is is really nice on that book. Um, after reading like the first issue, like I didn't hate it, but when you compare it to Detective and Batman, it definitely seemed to me like the you know the lesser of the 3 although yeah. when you look at it you know a top 10 list and you have batman and detective comics in the top 4 then you know batman and the dark knight is number 6 it could just be that people want batman they want lots of batman any way they can get it
1: that's true and batman and robin is number 9 as well mm-hmm. um and what's great is that like aquaman is number 10 and I want to give credit to Mr. Cosmic over on the Comic Geek Speak forum, because he put this in a way that I love and I repeat constantly now. Uh, Aquaman number five outsole, outsells every Marvel comic book in January. <laughs> <laughs> every Think about that. Think about the running joke and laughing stock Aquaman has been for... Basically, our entire lives, and Aquaman number five sold more copies than absolutely everything Marvel. It he outsold Spider Man. He outsold all of the Avengers. He outsold every Marvel book. Like uh, number eleven, right under him is Uncanny X Men. The granted it wasn't by a tremendous margin, but still, it's like it's Uncanny X Men for God's sake. I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, there's that.
0: Okay. Shall we discuss the... Well, yeah, okay. Well, I guess that's a good segue, because now we're going to actually talk about the January books.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That is that month, isn't it? Yeah,
0: segueing... It was an unintended segue, so uh, Dan, why don't you take Green Lantern number five?
1: Yeah, let's see what was so good about this thing. This bear this feel like top five material. <laughs> uh, so, this is Green Lantern number five. Uh, written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Doug Monkey. Inked by Mark Irwin and Keith Champagne, and Christian Alme and Tom Wynn. Uh, colored by. Alex and Claire and Tony Avina, I don't know, and others. Okay, so yeah, they're back to the dream team for color, for Inkers. So that, that's not a bad thing, not necessarily, not in this one, it's not. Anyway, so as you remember, Sinestro is locked into in that cell with a whole mess of Coragarians uh, who hate his guts, and he armed them with duplicate rings that are all gonna, you know, they're, they're only gonna last for a few minutes. And they promptly want to waste their time and energy murdering him. And, you know, he provokes them. He plays with their emotions to try and get them to to have outbursts that'll actually let them use the ring as a effective weapon. And you know, he's in no danger because just like we saw with Hal Jordan, he made these rings so they're not gonna do crap to him. And so you know he he uh remote controls his battery which is still being being uh you know looked at by that but that uh <laughs> that doctor guy who reminds you of somebody from final crisis <laughs> uh, totally blows that guy up like remote controlled zips over to the the discharge cell or whatever it is they call it Bust down the door. All these lanterns jump out. You know, Sinestro breaks out Hal, gives Hal a charge. They're just plowing through Sinestro me- m- core members. And yeah, you know, first chance they get Sinestro and Hal leave the fight, leave everybody else to be act as a distraction, basically, so they can jump into the yellow battery again. Because that worked amazingly well the last time. And <laughs> The, the plan this time with Sinestro there to make sure it goes right is to to uh, basically suck the power out of the yellow central battery into Sinestro's green small battery, <laughs> just enough, <laughs> just enough, so that you know the yellow central battery is going to have to like, it's going to have to run this backup program to like to keep itself lit where it has to reabsorb all, like, the fear energy from all the rings on Korrigar, leaving them powerless. And, in a incredibly convenient turn of events, it also forces everyone wearing a yellow ring into a coma forever. Or until Sinestro decides to, you know, get them out of it. Uh, so, with, with the conflict immediately over, <laughs> Sinestro is... <laughs> Stand, is hovering in front of his, the population of his planet, or at least this part of it. And the kids like him; they're like, "Hey, awesome, big green superhero just saved us." Whereas all the the adults are still hate his guts because you know they know him, <laughs> and, and you know he's basically saying they're basically like, you know, get off our planet. You know, we're we hate you. Go away now. And he does. And we have this cool shot of him and Hal flying away, and Sinestro by himself has, like, these these giant cages, box cages, full of unconscious Sinestro Corps members, and he's got like, the battery and like, a very I want Sinestro to help me move the next time I have to move. He's very good at packing things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Sinestro's like, okay, well, you know what? I made a promise to you. I said... If you help me, you get to keep that ring. And I, I'm going to keep my promise. You can keep the ring. Not going to give you a battery to charge it with, though. So uh have fun getting back to Earth. You have exactly as much power as it will take to get you there alive. Bye. <laughs> and, and then Hal's like, what, what the? No! <laughs> Crash. And he lands on Earth. And he kind of realizes he's like, you know... I've just been screwed out of this ring twice now in, like, a week or however. I don't know how long he's been without the damn thing. But he just, he has, like, a momentary, like, like I'll, I'll just call it a moment of clarity where he realizes what's actually important to him, you know, I guess based on, like, the whole, you know, he, as far as he knew he was going to die in that cage, that's why he, like, did the whole, like, you know, the Carol thing, like, the last thing I want to see while I still have the power to make it. So he he goes right over to Carol and he bears his heart and soul to her and you know they're they're good now and I guess they're gonna be in a relationship again, hooray. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on Oa, we close on a not at all ominous scene of you know okay from first this this is how you do a page because it starts with a gigantic yellow battery. Being like taken to the surface of Oa, and the <laughs> like the green the alien Green Lanterns—they're just looking at like, um, should we be should we be doing something about that? <laughs> Is this a good thing? This, this isn't a good thing, right? <laughs> I mean, all the Guardians—they're like, oh, good, Sinestro did that thing that we wanted him to do, because that's that was our plan, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they start making mention of of what's to come. Uh, they they are quoted, and I quote, thus they are quoted. Uh, it is time to proceed to the Chamber of Shadows and free the First Lantern. The First Lantern will lead the Third Army. There's math here, keep track. And the Third Army will replace the Green Lantern Corps. The others in the Chamber of Shadows will try to stop us. Bum bum bum. That's Green Lantern number five. The end, I believe, of this initial story arc for the New Fifty Two.
0: I prob- probably. I don't know. The next one may be attached to this trade as well.
1: Oh, maybe. Actually, I can find that out. Here. What do you? Well, what do you think? What did you think of this issue?
0: Uh. You know. It's hard to say, because, like, there are there are things that I like about it, and then there are other things that are just, like... Uh, I don't know. Like, remote controlling the battery? Have we ever seen that happen?
1: Uh, I don't think
0: so. But, I mean, okay, so... If anybody would know how to do it, Sinestro would, blah, 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 whatever, okay, fine. So he, he, re- he remote controls his, his battery to open up the, you know, de char- decharging station. Now that, that kind of makes sense, because if anybody's going to know about the charging station, it would probably be Sinestro.
1: Well, didn't he just crash it into the door really fast?
0: Right, but I mean, he would know about it to have a plan, you know, around it in the first place.
1: That seems like a good plan for basically anything <laughs> <laughs> um, let's blow it up and knock it over,
0: <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah that that part i that, that whole part of the the comic i am I, you know I'm, I'm okay with that, but then after they're out and mm-hmm. they fly into the it's the yellow battery again, mm-hmm. That's when things got a little weird.
1: A little? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, like, first off, they fly into the yellow battery, and there's no problems whatsoever. And there, it basically looks like a hollow, you know, I don't know, tube that they're able to just fly into with no energy, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: L- like, l- look at that. They, they fly in, and, like, there's energy around them, Around this magical tube that they're in.
1: Well, I mean, we're... We, I think it's just the direction we're looking at from. Because we're facing... We're like... the As readers, we're in the battery looking at the entrance. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see a hole with the outside in it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, that hole should be... Like, obscured by some yellow energy at least. Because we're looking at it... From beyond Sinestro.
1: Now they wanted; they just wanted to make it clear, like where these two characters were.
0: Yeah, well, actually, like, it's
1: not a tunnel.
0: But when I was when I was reading this originally, like the first time I'm like looking at it, I didn't automatically, you know, realize that they were in the battery. Why? <laughs> because you could see the the outside as clear as day.
1: Yeah, well, here's another thing to consider: the front of the battery is a. T- giant funnel-like tube (laughs) so they could they this one panel could be taking place while they're still in the mouth of the damn thing or it could just be what i said It, it doesn't matter
0: anyway i didn't like that and then they enact this like special survival mode by sucking they they need to funnel a lot of energy into this little green battery Because, you know, if you look at the battery afterwards, it's you know, it's dead. Hmm. Sinestro contains basically all the energy from the yellow central power battery in his green battery.
1: Unless he sent it somewhere else.
0: Okay, unless he sent it somewhere else. Um, And then that also put all the Yellow lanterns in the area in a coma.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that one like, alright, there's a lot of stuff going on with Sinestro right about now that that gets chalked up to well it Sinestro would know how to do that. You know, it's a whole and like there's because there's stuff that he's not telling anybody yet either. Because like Um Uh, was it in here? There, uh, either in this issue or last issue, there was a moment where like somebody questions like, like why he has something set up a certain way, and he's like, ne- "Never mind," or "I'll like, tell you later, maybe," or something like that. But
0: oh yeah, when when um, Hal is like, "Yeah," it tried to unzip me. It's like, what did it do to me? And Sinestro says to him, nothing harmful. We'll deal with that later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, like, if Sinestro was going to build in a way to deactivate his core's rings, you know, I could buy that he would also have, like, hardwired the rings to do something to the people wearing them. I mean, an army is still an army whether they have their weapon or not.
0: Um, When Sinestro is transporting the battery and the two giant uh, cages of all the Sinestro Corps members.
1: Yes. Do you
0: see what he's transporting underneath that?
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
0: So they did not forget about Mongol.
1: They also don't mention him at all. <laughs> but he's there. Yep. Very much not in cord. <laughs> but he's there. Yep, yep. You know, in the fr- back during Blackest Night, didn't they take. Sinestro took care of him by, like, dropping the battery on top of him? So maybe he's just been, like, lodged in the ground under it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, speaking of the battery. Yeah. Because, all right, look, we know at this point that there's going to be, like, this big crossover war-y storyline coming eventually with this third army. And it's probably going to be, like, all of the books are going to be doing, like, their next thing or whatever. And with Black as Night, there was a lot of stuff we noticed about them, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtly, moving pieces into place for such an event. Do you th- what do you think about the fact that now there is there are several hundred, at least, Sinestro Corps members and the, the yellow central battery on Oa?
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> to me, if I was Sinestro and I was trying to anticipate what the Guardians would do next, then I would think that, you know, uh uh-oh, they may be getting desperate soon. They may have, like, some, you know, some new plan instead of Green Lanterns. Especially after Sinestro, along with the Guardians, all witnessed what Hal Jordan was able to do to Krona. Maybe Sinestro was thinking in the back of his mind, it's like, okay, they're getting ready to roll out the Third Army. Well, well, not that not that he would know that, but he might suspect something like that was coming. In which case, if you have a yellow central power battery on mm-hmm. Oa that he could recharge at any given moment, along with an army of Sinestro Corps members, then if you need to take out an army then, you know, having this stored away on, you know, that Third Army's homeworld is probably a pretty good backup plan.
1: Yeah. It's that's basically exactly where I was going, except I don't think he needs to have any specific idea whatsoever of what's happening. It's just in terms of like, okay, I want he wants to be able to make a power play against the Guardians eventually. So putting this battery and his Core on Oa, right under the Guardians' nose, noses, where they think it's not a threat at all. What, like while meanwhile he has the ability to turn it all back on whenever he feels like it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like an ace he's keeping in his back pocket or whatever.
0: And in actuality, you know, we we now know that Sinestro is he's pretty pissed off that all of his Sinestro Corps members you know tried to take over his planet so he's not even really worried too much about their welfare so it couldn't even be the kind of thing where he'll unleash all of these Sinestro Corps members just as a distraction you know like this is the way you know like the, the Green Lanterns the Guardians the Third Army whatever are going to end up killing you know, they're just going to slaughter almost all of these Sinestro Corps members. You know, it's basically a diversion, you know, that Sinestro is going to use at some point that he needs it. Hmm. So the First Lantern will lead the Third Army. Yep, he will. Okay. Yeah, I don't know.
1: What and do you no- think... Of- They'll come from the Chamber of Shadows, don't you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a Shadow Chamber. Ooh. Um, what do you think of the issue overall?
1: Eh, it's pretty good. Yeah. You know, I think I'm. I'm trying to remember. I think I want to say I liked it about as much as I liked the last issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it wrapped up the craftastic cliffhanger of last issue nicely. And quickly, which I was happy about, and yeah, no. I mean, I. I mean, it's like I said, like the, the the really abrupt wrap up, to the, the whole confrontation. I guess like it makes sense to because yeah, at this point we're writing off so much stuff as well of course Sinestro would have that set up or well there's just so much Sinestro knows that we don't know kind of thing that you know I'm I guess I'm still in a phase where I'm not tired of that yet so I'm willing to give them like a little leeway but that can't come up so much more <laughs> or too much more. Yeah. Um and the one thing I was kind of disappointed in was like I was hoping at some point during the story arc while like we would get to see Sinestro just like like majorly kick some ass, <laughs> like just just him versus like a hundred guys, and he takes down like at least fifty before they overwhelm him or something like that. Just show him, like really show him being like the best at he, he he's the best there is at what he does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's not Wolverine, Dan.
1: He could be if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I, don't know. I feel like the I mean, you know, if Chad were here, I'm sure he would bring up the fact that we we always seem to end issues on the uh the vague ominous, you know, something's coming kind of scene from the Guardians, but this time I think I liked it more because I feel like it's getting closer to happening
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i mean like i feel like this particular thing that they've been you know hinting at they've been hinting at for so long that it's just like okay we get it third <laughs> army you know
1: you, yeah well, oh you know, i'm like, not even I'm not even just talking about that i mean it seems like you can go back to like black as night and point out like when the guardians are like Saying like, alright, we're, go- something ominous is gonna happen and we're gonna do it. <laughs> like they've been doing this kind of thing over and over again. And, but like at least with this, like I don't know if it will or not, but I feel like it's going to pay off sooner rather than later. So I guess I'm more interested based on that. Okay. Um, oh, one, at least one more thing. Oh god. Uh, No, it's just the title page, and more specifically, the placement of the title page. I really liked in this issue because (laughs) it is like it—it's not on like the first or second page. It's not on the last page. It's on like page eight, and it's—it's perfectly timed because (laughs) it's—it's you turn the page, and in giant bold letters, just says Sinestro. And it's like a, it's a fantastic full-page shot of Sinestro standing there in all of his glory, the commanding everyone. Remember, no fear. As his like his rings flared up, the lighting is dramatic. The sh- use of shadow is great. It's just, it's like, it's like a great big punctuation on, on. Just a page that just kind of encapsulates what this character is, as well as like what his mission for the issue is. Because like no fear when he's about to try and wipe out the fear core. Mm-hmm. So great page, love that page.
0: It's actually it's funny that you bring that up because uh, when I saw that, I was actually thinking to myself, it's like damn it, if only this had come out like a month sooner, I could have used this for one of my nominations for uh, best splash page.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I, the, the use of shadows and, and colors on this are, you know, done extremely well.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot, there's a lot of subtle depth to it, too, because there's at least three layers of stuff going on here, because you've got Sinestro in the extreme foreground, you got that broken cell pieces in, like, they're entirely in, almost entirely in silhouette behind him, and then behind that is the group of Corigarian Green Lanterns that he deputized. Uh, just really great
0: really great
1: really great Like totally great to the max man
0: yeah I I would say great
1: fine good
0: okay uh, Green Lantern core number 5 this one we got Peter J. Tomasi art by Fernando Passarin inks by Scott Hanna and since I'm not on the title page Colors by Gabe L. Tab. Okay. Sure. Sure.
1: He did that, yeah. Okay. (laughs)
0: Um, this was, uh, well, it was a good issue. Um, you got, uh, Guy Gardner. He wants, he wants to get together a group of, uh, you know, like the best of the best, uh, the really true badasses from the core. Um, and what he's looking for are the the mean machine. It's a group... It's like a sect of lanterns that are just like, you know, total badasses. Uh, turns out they've been hanging out at a bar underneath warriors that Guy didn't even know about. He goes, he finds them. He finds four of them. And uh, he's able to talk them into joining the cause. Um, then we flash over... Uh, Martian Manhunter is still around and he's explaining, you know, what he found out from the, uh, the Keeper, um, that, you know, the whole backstory is the, uh, the Guardians wanted to figure out a way that the Green Lanterns would have access to their power batteries whenever they needed them. So they find this, uh, this one world on the edge of the universe called Aurak, um, Which, uh, is due to its, you know, mystical core, it, uh, it allows the, the rings to instantaneously transport the batteries, um, you know, to where you are. So, they basically embed all these power batteries in this barren world. Uh, turns out, though, that there was a race of people that were, you know, scraping by, um, so the Guardians, you know, said, okay, well, you know, you let us keep our batteries here and uh, we'll, we'll help your world flourish. Um, and, in you know, what ended up happening was the batteries, you know, they kind of infused energy into this world. Um, also giving the inhabitants of the world kind of like uh, the willpower abilities that we've seen in the past few issues. And uh, then, very recently, the Guardians came back and decided to take all the power batteries from this world. Um, we don't know why it could be because they don't want the lanterns to have them. I don't know. we'll get into that later.
1: Oh, I have an idea,
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, so you have these keepers who have depended on the you know the power of these lanterns to keep their world alive. Well, all of a sudden, now their world world starts to die. So they've been, you know, going elsewhere to steal the things that they need, like an atmosphere, uh, wildlife, trees, uh, water, all that sort of things. Um, Although now they've kind of gone crazy. And, you know, they won't actually be happy until they've gotten the central power battery from Oa. And they also want all of the Ring Fingers from the Green Lanterns. Um, The Lanterns that got, you know, left behind and are currently being tortured by... I'm guessing the Overlord of the Keepers, but... Skeletor. Yeah, it's basically Skeletor. So...
1: Oh, no, no, wait. It's worse than Skeletor. It's Skeletor from that live-action He-Man movie.
0: Okay, it's... It's motion picture Skeletor, <laughs> and he's torturing all of the Green Lanterns because he wants uh, he wants something that we've never heard of before, the vibrational matrix signature that will allow them to breach Oa's orbital force field without alerting them to the Stargate.
1: <laughs> kind of, I mean, did they have that when they put a giant box around the planet? <laughs> I guess not.
0: I mean, that's 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 definitely you know nebulous. But okay, so <laughs> they're torturing them to get this information, and the lanterns won't give it up. Um, so you know, guy, now he has this this team of badasses, along with the other lanterns who you know feel really bad about leaving lanterns behind. You know, but you got a uh, lizard and. The other guy and uh,
1: her. Oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> All of their names escape me. Is one of them, <laughs> Let's see, Brick.
1: You know, one of them's named after the writer of this book.
0: <laughs> oh. uh
1: Isabel. You know who writes this?
0: Yes, Okay. okay
1: lizard, other guy, her, you know. Okay,
0: you got Izamat. you got, uh, uh, rock dude.
1: Hanu, oh. Jesus Christ. What Hanu,
0: is Brick, um, oh,
1: what's her name? Sheriff? Oh uh, yeah, something?
0: Sharif. Sharif.
1: Is that what that is?
0: Uh, that's what I'm going with.
1: I'm gonna keep calling her Sheriff. <laughs> I think she is a Sheriff, too. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, so, They're all, you know, it's like, okay, you know, let's, let's go get them kind of thing. Uh, But since these, you know, these keepers are imbued with the power of willpower, then, you know, you can't just use your rings against them. So they figure, okay, well, we need a couple extra, extra insurance policies to help us out. So they literally have these two Sinestro Corps members that they refer to as Fat Man and Little Boy, which <laughs> if, that's, if that uh, sounds a little familiar to you, it should. Yeah. Because that's the names of the bombs dropped on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and the the big one, I guess. Uh, his body just excretes fear gas.
1: Like, I, I took it to be, like, he would explode or something really easily. Cause don't, don't they say, like, they want a fear bomb or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, wait a second, I know a guy who is one.
0: Basically. <laughs> so they pack them up, take them with them, and uh, then they uh, they find a couple of space pirates and, you know, the a giant battle. They basically steal their guns. So now they have tons of guns that don't require willpower, and a you know a fear bomb, and uh, they're ready to go in and uh,
1: attack. All right. So since we're on the topic of uh of conveniently named characters.
0: Okay. 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 This is this is my calling.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. Now I I knew that when. When I first saw this page, I'm like, okay, these guys are definitely based on something. So you got Lee, Bronchuk, Aldo, and Flint. Now, I, mean, you know, I, I did a bit, little bit of research on this. Bronchuk, that was, I think, the giveaway. Um, it's He's based on Charles Bronson.
1: Lee wasn't the giveaway?
0: <laughs> no, no, definitely they didn't not.
1: Even, they didn't even change that name.
0: <laughs> I know, but his likeness is you know it's different it's difficult with the hair okay (laughs) but if you look at bronchuk i mean he looks very much like charles bronson uh on this the first page where you see him and then a few other pages then you have flint who's based on clint eastwood you have lee based on bruce lee and aldo i was unsure but my dad was telling me that uh there was a what do you call it um kind of like a lovable badass called Aldo Ray, who was in a bunch of, like, you know, these kind of movies back in the day also. Uh, And if you've seen, uh, what's that movie? Um, Quentin Tarantino, Inglorious Bastards.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Brad, what, have you seen it? No. Oh.
1: (laughs) Of course not.
0: Well, Brad Pitt's character in that movie is, uh, is named Aldo Rain, and that's kind of a tribute to Aldo Ray.
1: Oh. So,
0: so yeah, so that's that's what these characters are based on. They're based on, you know, cinematic badasses of old to, you know, kind of play up the fact that they're badasses in here. It's like to kind of invoke the badass idea.
1: Green Lantern um, Untouchables. Yeah. Or no, 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 no. Expendables, that's the one.
0: Yes, yeah, Green Lantern <laughs> Expendables. Um, and G-L-E. It, it's awesome. But, uh... It's really cool because if you go through, like, there's a few scenes where it's just like, you know, they're definitely, like, homaging these, these characters. You know, like, there's one one scene where uh, Bronchuk is like, you know, you're looking for lanterns whose clocks are running out and no one's going to miss them, huh? And <laughs> that's funny because Charles Bronson starred in, let's see, what was it? How many Death Wish movies did they make?
1: I don't know, 11?
0: Um... You know, and you got, uh, was it Flint? You got one scene in here where he's just, like, he's sitting at the table drinking a beer. And, like, you just, you look at his face and it's, like, it's such a clear, you know, Clint Eastwood look.
1: Wouldn't it be great if, like, they were planning ahead for Green Lantern 2? Because they want these guys to play these characters Just like Marvel wanted Samuel L. Jackson to play Nick Fury.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I think they'd probably have a pretty hard time of that, considering that three out of four of them are dead.
1: You know what? They have great CGI. (laughs) And plus, you know what? Could you imagine that? Green Lantern 2, directed by and starring Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Come on me either <laughs> oh man yo yo uh, now about these guys gathering here like how big of a jerk is Killalong he's like basically like oh yeah by the way there's, there's a bunch of rough and tough jerks that like dug a hole under your house and have been living there I knew all the time Just forgot to tell you
0: <laughs> uh, I knew the whole time I wasn't telling you on purpose, because I'm a dick.
1: Wait, wait till you hear the other stuff I'm not telling you. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Man. What do you think about the fact that... What do you think about their strategy of, alright, rings aren't working, let's go get a giant ship full of guns?
0: Well, the gun, I the guns idea, I mean... I, I That I can understand... But the, I think the fear bomb concept is a, a lot, you know, a lot more clever, because, you know, they're right. It's like Green Lanterns are, you know, used to overcoming fear. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's ingrained with them because of, you know, what goes with the job. The Keepers have no idea, you know, about that. They, they, they probably don't have any idea that that's, you know, a limitation of the ring to begin with.
1: Yeah, so basically, basically they want to set off a fear bomb that'll that'll, like, hamper the Keeper's abilities to use willpower. Right? Is that what they're doing?
0: Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, because, like, they, I, I agree it's a good idea, but, like, that whole page where Guy gets the idea is, is like, it's such like a conveniently convoluted twist of logic. I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, I guess they're doing that now. What? <laughs> How did he get there? But whatever.
0: Um, the you know this this race of the keepers, they kind of look like uh, what's his name Slush.
1: Yeah, they kind of do, except more humany.
0: Yeah. Um, the thing that kind of struck me as odd is that like you have this this world that's like well you have inhabitants on the world but they're barely subsiding on the barren surface
1: yeah
0: how do you have like this race of beings that have evolved on this planet if the world is like barely able to you know to keep them alive as it is
1: we don't know how it used to, like, it didn't have to always be like this. I mean, hell, hell, maybe this is one of those, like, if this was, if this was an episode of Star Trek, this, this world would be, like, an analogy for what could happen to our society if we let things go too far and we destroy our environment and we use up our resources. Humanity could be pared down and barely scraping together an existence or something like that.
0: Um, Well, the other thing was when we, like, started seeing these characters in the beginning, you know, uh, the first couple of issues of Green Lantern Corps, Mm -hmm. um, didn't you get the idea that they were, like, different races or something?
1: No, that was you.
0: Uh, They all look
1: different. They have, like, different mask colors or something. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I'm more. I'm more interested by the fact that the pocket dimension, like the guardians, are such fucking liars. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, no, it's a, it's a pocket dimension. Yeah. It's, it's not a planet in regular space at all. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Yeah. There's no will ninjas watching over these things. <laughs> uh, oh hey so. As per the reason the Guardians decided to, to just say screw you guys, we're going home, we're taking our ball with us. I think that you know if you're the Guardians and you're about to replace the Green Lantern Corps, right? You probably don't want the Green Lantern Corps to be able to effectively fight back. Yes. Yeah. So you might wanna to start to cut them off. From their batteries. You know, even if you're not outright keeping all of these batteries immediately, at least make it so they can't get to them immediately. You know, like like, like, oh crap shit's going down, but my battery back on my home planet. You know, <laughs> that, that sort of thing.
0: You, you know, <laughs> I think I had a theory about that when I first read this. This issue? Yeah. Okay. Um... Like, as to why they might, you know, take them all off the planet. Um, Because, you know, you also have to look at the timing. Mm. You know, like, they, they ripped off all these batteries, you know, just a short time ago. Which means that it had to be before the Keepers, you know, started taking stuff. Yep. Which means it would be before issue one i guess which is basically right around the same time that they decided that they were going to do the third army
1: yeah so mer- makes perfect sense no it it's it
0: doesn't it doesn't jive
1: why wait what what
0: <laughs> okay here's the timeline uh uh-huh. the green lanterns come in they take all the power batteries right
1: the, wait, the Green Lantern? I, the, the, Guardians. the Guardians.
0: The Guardians come in, they take all the power batteries.
1: Yeah. huh
0: Now, the Keeper's world starts to die.
1: Uh-huh.
0: In order to combat this, you know, their world dying, the Keeper's start to, you know, go on a rampage and, you know, start killing Green Lanterns and taking the things that they need. Sensible. Okay. Yes. That's how the series
1: started. That is true.
0: And then the Guardians are like, you know, well, this all this stuff with Hal Jordan is very troubling. You know, we need to move away from the Green Lantern Corps. We need to start the Third Army. Right?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Well, at that point, they've already gotten all the power batteries.
1: Yeah, but the all the crap that troubled them about Hal Jordan happened before the start of the series.
0: Yeah, but they didn't discuss the what do you call it, the, uh, the Third Army until after they had taken all the power batteries. So, I mean, it, it might not have anything to do with the, you know, the Third Army, you know, in general. It could be that they just want to have closer watch on the power batteries <laughs> themselves. I mean, eventually it equates to the same thing, that they want to be able to, you know, hold the batteries back themselves if they need to.
1: Hmm. You know. Yeah.
0: But it, it could be, you know... The, the way that things timed out, it wouldn't make sense that they took all the batteries because they were planning the Third Army already.
1: Yeah. Eh, yeah, I'm good with it. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> um, um, where was it? Oh, there was something...
0: Hate the Martian Manhunter in these comics.
1: Oh yeah, that was another thing. I turned the page and I saw him there. I'm like, I'm like, why won't he go home? (laughs) Like like, I thought he went back to to Stormwatch or something. Like as soon as he faded out of the room in the last issue, but he's just hanging around. He just won't leave. He's like Stan Lee in that Simpsons episode where he won't leave Comic Book Guy's shop.
0: Near the end, when they're fighting the space pirates, mm-hmm. there's a there's a scene where Lee punches one of the pirates in the face in the helmet, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's got like a glowing, burning fist.
1: Oh, it's the Iron Fist.
0: Yeah. No. Well, you know, not no, not Iron Fist, but oh, it's got like the blazing Kung Fu fist kind of
1: thing. Like Iron Fist. No, no. That's- that's that's what that's exactly what Iron Fist does. Okay. Listen, okay, yeah, but Inja, I like this fight scene. Like this whole action scene, kind of satisfied what I didn't get from the fight on Korrigar in Green Lantern. So like, it's <laughs> so, like in this, like I'm glad I read these two issues in the same day because like they balanced each other for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, this particular issue, I feel like, was... Uh, it wasn't filler. <laughs> like, it definitely progressed the story enough that it's, it absolutely would not be considered filler. But... Like, I think that maybe some things were <laughs> just thrown in for, I don't know, the point of fun, almost. Like, the fight scene. Yeah. You know? Like, and the, the, the whole... Gathering up the uh, the
1: mean machine. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, after the first half of this issue, you needed the fight scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, like that page. I mean, it's it's like earlier in this arc, they they keep doing this with this story. Like earlier in the arc, we had, <clears throat> I think it was right when the core found that uh, that water world that was like all the inhabitants were dead, and the, those Green Lanterns were strung up or whatever. You had like four pages straight of of these core members standing around going going like I'm mad as hell I'm gonna show them I'm gonna get them We're mad rah! <laughs> and then here like once you got the mean machine that the me machine right That's what they're called Yeah Yeah when they're in the same room with the regular Green Lantern core You got this whole page that's basically just panel after panel of of what are you? You're nothing. Yeah, I'll show you nothing. Ah, I like your spunk, kid. Like, <laughs> again and again with they 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 make sure they just repeat it with every pair of characters until they have all of them and then they move on. I'm like, <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> yeah, well that that's all, you know. Like, the the new guys have to prove themselves to the old guys.
1: Yeah, like, Charles Bronson checks out Brick's ass, she punches him in the face, and's like, you got Moxie, I like ya.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I feel like one of the things that Peter Peter J. Tabasi does is that he he really likes to, you know, put in the homages for, you know, like, the... uh, Like, old war movies and stuff like that. You know, like, like the whole concept of, you know, Kilowog training. You know, like, you have a character who's completely based on the, uh, you know, the the guy from Full Metal Jacket.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ermie? Oh, I miss Ermie. I hope they talk about him, or do a flashback story, or... Or push me off a cliff after letting me on fire. Yeah. Um, I remember before this started, uh, Tomasi told, like, was quoted in interviews as saying he wanted to make this run of the book more, more, uh, you know, Green Lantern Corps as a military force. Or I think he might have used the term Call of Duty somewhere in there, which is why, like, it's, it's uh <laughs> noticeably more graphically violent and I guess why they're putting in more like the the, the 80s action movie characters. Probably why they <laughs> gave everybody a whole mess of artillery at the very end. Too.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, um... <laughs> like, I definitely like it. Although, I like it more when he he puts his own spin on it, you know, like because uh, what do you call it? the he did it no- another time because you had the the Kilowog in training story, you had like this to a much lesser extent. There was one other story recently. Oh
1: man, the he wrote.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was, it was another kind of like uh, redo of you know, like a general story that we've seen before.
1: Are you thinking of the Emerald Knights DVD?
0: (laughs) No, but it it might have been in Emerald Warriors. Like, one of the last couple of issues of Emerald Warriors. Uh, It might.
1: He he did, like, the the police drama thing on the space station with Batman. Um, It's like a cop drama, but in space. What happened in that? Uh the international space station was falling because there was a uh league of shadows got scientists on there and hmm. stuff there was lots of like interrogation room stuff going on which also happened in this arc about an issue ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember at this point. But yeah, it was just It did seem very much like, you know, like something that you would have seen in a movie from the 80s or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would... I mean, uh, let me... Let's... Let's say right now, are any members of uh, the Mean Machine going to survive this story?
0: It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, we're never going to see them again, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which is fine. Because, like, honestly, like, I'm reading I'm reading this issue, and like, it occurs to me like okay they've they've done pretty good, by, like, by Isamat, not so much in this issue. Well, he got a couple, like, good panels in here, and like Hanu, like they did w- they've been doing pretty good with since the relaunch started up with. But like <clears throat> this like Sheriff Sharif whatever, like. I know nothing about this character, really. I would like to be learning about this character right now. I I mean, like, I like seeing her reaction to almost getting killed, but that's basically the only real quality thing I've ever seen this character do. So, like, I would like to see that her explored more. And, like, all of a sudden, Brick's on this cast now. And, like, like she has popped up just sporadically since... Green Lantern Core Recharge and I feel like I've read so many issues that have her as part of the, the ensemble cast I don't feel like I know this character at all it's like like it's, okay do your mean machine thing but as soon as this story is done and the expendables are gone uh, just, just like focus on like your cast and just like give us something to make us care about them that probably help. Yeah. I mean, overall, like, I don't. I mean, I'm curious to see how the story ends, but <clears throat> the whole concept of like, okay, we're we got Green Lanterns they are gonna grab a whole mess of guns and go shoot bullets at the bad guys. That doesn't re- that really doesn't interest me at all. Like, I'm always like like it's the re- like one of the reasons like I can never like get into like westerns or or mo- or a movies where the violence is like basically gun based is like like I don't know, I don't know I'm j- I'm so much more into into science fiction that I am that or like you could have the exact same fight scene except in this version it's lasers and in this version it's bullets I will not give a shit about the Bullets version, but I'll like the Lasers one. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, and I did look it up before. I forgot. The uh, first Green Lantern hardcover is going to be the first seven issues of that series. Okay. I don't know know why I remember that just now.
0: (laughs) I will say this about Green Lantern number six. (coughs) I did not like the arc. Really? What? It's not Doug Monkey.
1: Who is it? Uh,
0: Mike Choi.
1: <laughs> For oh, oh, I honestly didn't notice. I, I'm just. I guess I'm just used to like so many different inkers that like. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. Six. Okay. Yeah, six. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like. I, I read this issue. It was Doug Monkey. <laughs> okay. I thought you were talking about five. That's why.
0: Yeah. Actually, you know, so, you know what's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God! This is unbelievable. What? I, I'm I'm going on now. On uh, was it Google?
1: Sure, I've heard of them.
0: Yeah, Google Image, and I'm typing in Mike Choi, and. His artwork is, like, it's, it's pretty gorgeous. Um, <coughs> he did a cover with X-23 uh, a while ago that I'm actually a big fan of that cover.
1: Um, Does this look nothing like the Green Lantern issue?
0: <laughs> well, he also did the variant cover for number five. Um, I think it was JK that posted that on the, the forum. And it's a good cover. It's definitely a good cover. Now, my issue with <laughs> the Green Lantern co- comic, Hal Jordan looks like he's 12 years old.
1: <clears throat> okay, probably.
0: It, it's it's This is bizarre. Everything that I'm seeing on here is absolutely gorgeous. I haven't seen anything bad. <laughs> and then you have the Green Lantern cover the green lantern issue number 6 and it's just like
1: Oh man, his variant has Hal wearing wielding dual tommy guns. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> like a member of the expendables. The GLE Green Lantern Expendables. Yeah. Okay. So so what do you think the odds are that in number 6 Martian Manhunter still won't have gone home? <laughs>
0: It's it's like I told you I have to leave. I won't be around here and you won't remember anything.
1: Guy's like I'm trying to sleep.
0: (laughs) It's like (laughs) I'm trying to I'm actively trying to forget
1: you. (laughs) Can't you just mind wipe me and leave? (laughs) I will soon. (laughs)
0: Okay. Uh. Um
1: I think you're up again.
0: <laughs> yep, Green Lantern, New Guardians, number five. Um, this is a good issue. Uh, you have the, the New Guardians, minus please. please uh had to go back to your small. But the rest of them are kind of hanging around this orrery. Um, you know, the yeah. giant solar system space vessel.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you know, my, my main issue with it is the fact that they're connected.
1: My main issue with it is that it sucks. <laughs> Although, uh, who was it? Somebody on our forum likes it for all the reasons that I hate it. Yeah. I'm not going to hold that against them.
0: I mean, like, if this, if this solar system was like <laughs> a man-made solar system and it didn't have the connecting pieces, I would probably appreciate it a lot more. Um, although then again, I guess the, the pieces are to reinforce the fact that it's all connected, but whatever. Okay. So you have all the guard, the new guardians, they're hanging around this thing. They need to get in because they, you know, they think that whoever is taking their rings is, uh, is inside this thing. So they decide to split up into, uh, twos. Um, they're going to do the buddy system. They're each going to kind of try and get in and take a look around and see what they can see. Uh, cause this is basically, since this is the size of a solar system, you know, if they stayed together, then checking it out would take forever. We, uh, click back to your smalt, and you have bleeds landing on your smalt and, mm-hmm. uh, She's trying to explain to Atrocitus what, what happened with the rings. And she's kind of, like, stuttering, you know, like, uh, like a moron. Atrocitus just gets so fed up and he's like, you know what? I can't I can't deal with this. This is this is undealable. I'm tossing you in this river of blood so that you can finally talk again. <laughs> so, and, you know, you kind of have to give it to Tony Bedard on that one. Because he, he made the whole, you know making Bleed's coherent again. He, he did it in the, it, the the span of two pages, and <laughs> it's just as interesting if not more so than in Red Lanterns.
1: Well, I was gonna ask you, now that we've, we've gotten two completely different versions of why Atrocitus did this to her, and which one do you like better? <laughs> so, is, it, is it just Because in this one... He made her intelligent again because he wanted her to find out where the red ring went and she wasn't physically capable of telling him. And that one, he did it because he was like super paranoid and wanted an ally.
0: Yeah, well, the 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 one in red lanterns, you know, I I didn't like that explanation at all. Um but this one, you know, it it makes a lot of sense. It's like okay, you, you know you need to you need to be able to talk to me. And he also does throw in like the the caveat. I have pondered how best to secure the future of my core, and I have come to believe the answer lies in these crimson depths, so it it's kind of like you know he had his idea
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a lamp though this one he just kind of dunks her head in it, <laughs> as opposed to just as opposed to submerging her completely or drowning her, yeah. It's like a puddle. It's not even an ocean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this. I, I like this version a lot. Uh, then we go to Okara and uh, <laughs> some some ominous things are said between Sade and uh, Larfleas that we find out later on. Um, Larfleas doesn't really want to hear it, though. But uh, they do make a point of saying that uh, Glomulus will not be uh, in contact after he goes into the Orrery. And uh, with that, at the galact- it's in there at, at the, the galactic core.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, really. So uh, Kyle and Glomulus uh, break into one of the one of the giant planets... And, uh, at the same time, um, Archillo and Saint Walker, you know, also do that to another planet. And the planet that they end up breaking into is Tamarin. Uh, two globes away you have, uh, Fatality and Monk breaking into another planet. Uh, that one, however, is Okara. And, uh, Now, that's kind of odd, considering that we just were, you know, we just were with Larflees, who was on Okara. And uh, now you have these guys who think that they're on Okara Mm -hmm. as well. Um, By the way, uh, one quick, quick point. Uh, Aside from, like, this one scene on, uh, you know, new Okara with uh, Fatality, Mm -hmm. uh, you have, like, a close-up of Fatality, I think, like, I don't know, it looks a little odd right there, but everywhere else, this this art is beautiful. Love this art. Um, you know, then uh, back on New Tamarin, uh, you have uh, St. Walker and uh, Arkillo getting a nice warm reception, uh, which Arkillo is not really <laughs> used to. He's used to people being scared of him. And then on Orrery World 10, Kyle and Glomulus uh, are greeted by people running away from them. Because apparently Glomulus is uh, marked with the sign of the beast. And uh, where this red, (laughs) ominous, hooded character is, uh, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, don't worry, come on over here. I'll uh, I'll tell you what's going on. (laughs) See the statue over here? And it's a statue of Larflees. Um, it's like, yeah, you brought in a, you know, a follower of uh, the beast. So now we're going to get uh, our, our archangel. And uh, he's going to completely tear you apart because you, uh, I guess, just disrupted the sanctity of our special worlds or whatever. So, this Archangel Invictus, he he normally uh, hangs out inside the sun, watching everything. <laughs> so, he, he rises out of the sun, and uh, he does not look happy.
1: Yeah. And we, we should point out that, like, all of these worlds are basically, like, like, they're not the real ones. Like, this is, it's not the real Okara or the real Tamaran, but... Right. The people on them think it is. Um.
0: This guy, uh... Was it Invictus? Yes. Uh, his costume looks an awful lot like Kyle's <laughs> when Kyle had all the rings. Does it? Especially with those shoulder blades.
1: Oh, yeah, he had those. Hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, this,
0: well this is what I'll say. Huh? First off, uh Ney Rufino, uh there was a slight coloring blip in this issue.
1: Shut your mouth.
0: Did you notice it?
1: Uh maybe. What was it? It
0: was right on the second page with all the new guardians.
1: Oh yeah, Saint Walker's orange.
0: Yeah, or red.
1: Whichever. He's both.
0: Um <clears throat> Yeah, what I've de- what I've determined with this storyline mm-hmm. is that I like it. I have no idea where it's going to go. I don't really care where it's going to go. I'm just enjoying it.
1: Yeah. And You know, speaking of coloring, since you brought it up, mm-hmm. page one is really, really well done. And I remember like I mm-hmm. I if the exact same thing occurred to me like when I saw like a preview page on Newsarama before. At one point, and I saw this in person. Like every time I see this page, like it's just like it really jumps out. Like awesome coloring. Like more so than the rest of the book, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, all those uh, all those ships around the orary. Um, there's no life signs whatsoever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like how every time Kyle asks his Ring to do something, it's like, "Yep, nope, not gonna do that." Can't. Sorry. <laughs> Do something else. <laughs> Ask again later. <laughs> All signs point to you're screwed. <laughs> it's like a surly eight ball. <laughs> um I had to kind of laugh at the idea of we're going to search an entire solar system in teams of two. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. five of <laughs> six of us. <laughs>
0: Yes, three teams will be able to cover it much faster.
1: <laughs> um, <coughs> so, how long do you think it's going to be before Archilo starts to begrudgingly like St. Walker? Because they're, they're absolutely going to have that happen.
0: Um, not necessarily.
1: Oh, yes, they will.
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I think... I think it's probably uh, more likely that Lara Fleas is going to end up joining the group before that happens.
1: I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know. Hey, I mean, look, this is what's going to happen. Arquillo is going to develop a soft spot for St. Walker. Uh, Kyle is probably going to get a new love interest in Fatality. And... Yeah. Glomulus is going to stay their lovable pet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's really, it, you know, it's really weird how Kyle and Fatality are working right alongside each other now.
1: Yeah, because, considering, like, 90% of her this character's existence has been spent trying to kill him specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what do you think is going on with these worlds?
1: I don't know. Like, I mean, I, they could be playing up with, like, the the on-again, off-again concept that they use with the new gods, where, where it's like, like, you have a godly being that gains power from being worshipped, so, you know, maybe he, he created a whole solar system of worshippers for himself that he keeps content by lying to them about everything about where they are. Okay. <clears throat> but, I don't know.
0: You don't think that it could possibly be like
1: uh
0: Um I don't know, like alternate versions of these worlds?
1: Well like he's from like a different universe or something?
0: Or something like that, because he came out of a white hole.
1: <laughs> yeah. What where the hell are those go? <laughs>
0: I mean, that's like, I've heard some, you know, some theories where if you go through a black hole, you you may end up, you know, exiting a white hole either in another part of the universe or in another universe completely.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, by that same token, we both read a Green Lantern story where if you go through a black hole, you end up on the other side of the regular universe. So. I mean, I don't know. I'm more curious as to like what specifically makes him hate Larflees.
0: <laughs> right. <coughs> and then the other, uh, you know, the other idea is that could this, you know, character be from the future? Okay. Could these, like, you know, could like these worlds be the same worlds just from the future?
1: Oh, okay. Well, that'd be cool too. I like time travel.
0: Um, you know, so that way it's not something that Larflees has done. <laughs> You know, but what he will do or whatever.
1: Oh, uh, but he knows though. He knows this guy's coming for him. Yeah. That's why he that's why he did all this crap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I just hope we don't lose Glomulus. Gal- and speaking of that, what do you think what do you think is gonna happen with Galomulus? Because as you pointed out, Larflees is gonna be cut off from him once they're inside the orrery. And they're inside it. And Kyle they they devote a good amount of dialogue to to kyle questioning you know you know you're just a puppet right so it's just larfley's talking through you right and it's just and glomulus just keeps reinforcing like i'm me kind of thing so like Mm. like i i think they're on the they're trying like pretty hard to establish glomulus as a character over a construct it's so like, I don't know if like, they're going to say, like, the soul of Glomulus is still in the construct or something like that. or
0: Maybe by cutting it off from Larfleas, he'll develop more of his own self-awareness. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah. I want, like, like, I mean, I know Jeff Johns loves writing Larfleas, so as, as far as I'm concerned, like, yeah, you know, let Johns keep them. Like, put Larfleas somewhere else, anybody can use them whenever, and keep Glomulus as this book's Orange Lantern. Yeah,
0: that'd be cool. I I am enjoying, you know, Glomulus
1: in this book. He turns into a wedge,
0: a fl- <laughs> and he flexes. He's kind of like uh, Dynamite.
1: <laughs> or or Slimer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but bottom line, like this, another great issue. Um, I'm I'm really. I'm really digging this storyline, and, you know, I'm guessing it just started. But, uh, I don't know, like, they're really really just firing on all cylinders on this book.
1: Yeah, this is a really good read. This is, like, I keep saying it, this book still surprised the shit out of me. I did not expect to like it. Like, I I think I was looking forward to it in concept alone, because it was like, it was like the... I'm just gonna call them the Skittle Squad because Kyle did in this issue. <laughs> this Is the Skittle Squad book? So I was looking forward to it for that, but it's 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 effectively transcended its initial concept. I mean, hell, I I love because I mean I mean the whole like Saint Walker, Arquillo pairing, like I was like okay that like they've been as far as I'm concerned, they planted the seeds for, like, a development between those characters as soon as you had St. Walker heal his tongue. So, like, that's, like, okay, of course you're gonna put them together. But Fatality and Monk, like, I love the fact that, like, okay, she's, she was raised as a warrior, so, like, like, she turns around and, like, has all these, like, insights to him through these, like, subtle mannerisms he has but doesn't talk about. And she basically, like, like, she calls him out on, like, like, your base, you're a warrior. You don't say it, but you're, you, like, you tactically assess the situation every time you enter into a new area. Like, the way you look at things, like, like, who exactly were you before you became a lantern? And he just has this look on his face of, like, of angry. <laughs> and it's, like, that's a that's kind of interaction, like, if we had that from any character that wasn't her, it would have felt wrong. It's like, like, uh, Tony Bedard is placing his characters as well. He's also making Monk come off as a dick. Because at this point, like, that knock thing just seems to be when he doesn't feel like talking to people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. i
1: trying to think, is there anything else to say other than it was it, it good book, yay. <laughs> um, I, don't,
0: I don't think you need to say anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and hell, they even like right here, they even addressed like one of our big issues so far in that please was inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like they, they fixed that right here and now.
0: Yeah. And they did it in an awesome way
1: did it in, like, one page. <laughs>
0: um, so basically, as far as these issues so far, uh, buy, borrow, pass? All buys. I would say all buys, although Green Lantern, I would probably put at a low buy. Eh,
1: I don't know. I, I feel like be, with Green Lantern and Green Lantern Core, I could not in good conscience, call one a buy and another and the other not a buy? Because I feel like they were both strong in what the other wasn't as strong in.
0: I think, for me, Green Lantern Corps succeeded at being fun.
1: Yeah.
0: And Green Lantern, you know, was definitely entertaining and it wrapped up the story but <laughs> it probably wrapped it up a little too quick for my tastes yeah <clears throat> huh, okay final book
1: all right red lanterns number 5
0: good god
1: <clears throat> written by peter milligan drawn by ed benes with diego bernard Inked by Rob Hunter. See, they only have one inker. They're already off on the right foot. (laughs) And uh, colored by Nathan Ehring. Nathan, wait. I put an extra R in there. Okay. Nathan I-ring, Whatever. Okay. All right, so. In Red Lanterns number five. Stuff happens. It's a three-page rage. Three issue... Wait, panel. That's what those are called. Three-panel rage kitty cameo. Some more stuff happens, and then we get a new red lantern. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. Okay, so Atrocitus is flipping shit because Krona's gone. Somebody must have stolen her. Hey, Belize is the only person with a brain on this world, so he goes off and starts to kick the crap out of her. And she's like, dumbass, what if he's alive? And Atrocitus shits himself. <laughs> so they both they both go back to their to a Krona's former perch. <laughs> and Atrocitus beats the crap out of Lee's again <laughs> and and tells her, Look, go to the blood ocean, get those three red lanterns that I probably murdered in it, <laughs> and get them to help you look like, search the entire planet for Krona. See, she gets off easy. She has, like, a whole group to search one planet. As opposed to, like, her and one other guy to search, like, a galaxy. <laughs> like, this, is, this, is, this is light. So, you know, Blee's dives back in. And I guess because she already went through the trauma of the Blood Ocean once before, it's not really phasing her this time. And, you know, she's pulling up the other Red Lanterns one by one, starting with Ratchet, and you know, much to, I'm sure, your delight, we got to see more of uh, Ratchet's story, mm-hmm. and they do explain why he is physically the way he is, <clears throat> and actually, I, I kind of like his whole, we'll get into that, but, uh, you know. And then they show us still absolutely nothing from Zilius Zox's background, which I at this point, I'm wondering if that's on purpose. Um, and then... Uh, uh, what's his name? Skalux. We got Skalux, the rest of his backstory, which is basically <laughs> exactly what we got from last issue, where like they he was betrayed by those he most trusted and thrown into a furnace and that made him so pissed off he attracted a red ring, which, you know, okay, why not? Uh, in the meantime, Atrocitus is flying over the dark side of, of Yasmalt, which I guess it doesn't rotate, cause, so there's a constant light side and dark side, which is cool. Um, I like that concept. And he thinks he finds Corona, but can't see him. And when he tries to engage, it doesn't go well. I think He flies at the guy who hit him, but I guess the guy explodes into blood or something and it just goes black and I don't know what happens there. But Atrocitus promptly goes back to his Red Lanterns, you know, the smart ones and the dumb ones, and rallies the troops together to all go on, go across I keep wanting to say Okara, (laughs) to go across Yasmalt and just find this jerk once and for all. He rallies the troops with his oath. Then cut back to everybody's favorite subplot. Oh god. Let's hey, let's go to the UK, everybody. <laughs> we got um you know, the two brothers. That story finally coming to a head, in a way, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, the police came to arrest the the arsonist douchebag brother. <laughs> well, you know, the uh, cowardly nerd brother watches, and you know, the the douchebag brother elbows a cop in the face, so three cops start beating him, and they beat him to death mm-hmm. while his his, uh, <clears throat> his, his brother, John, we might as well start calling him by his name at this point, because he's gonna be around for a while. So John, <laughs> he's looking on at his brother getting beaten to death, and he's starting to break down, and he can't stand the fact that, okay, he realized, like, why he has never given in to his own anger, and why he kept everything bottled up his entire life, because he's a coward. He's not, He's afraid to act, he's afraid of his own anger. And, you know, sitting there by his brother's dead body, it just... He can't contain it anymore and that attracts a red ring and we have the new Red Lantern of Earth. Guy Gardner would be proud.
0: Yeah, with red hair. <coughs> red yeah. Flaming fire hair.
1: He could he could join the Firestorm Corps.
0: He's like Effigy. Oh. So I guess that's the second uh, Red Lantern of Earth.
1: Or third. It's Hal, then Guy, then...
0: Well, they're not... I meant, like, Hal,
1: Oh, you mean Rage Kitty?
0: I meant acting, yeah.
1: You know what? Until they say it again, I'm just going to assume that was uh, retconned in the, uh, you know, you know, the whole whole relaunch of the universe and whatnot.
0: That'd probably be for the best.
1: Because if you're not going to use that to get rid of that atrocity... What's the point, really? (laughs)
0: So this guy's brother was such a douchebag that while being arrested, he decided that he wanted to elbow a cop in the face. And I guess in the UK, that's a murderable (laughs) offense.
1: I don't know. Well, We'll have to ask some of our UK listeners about that one.
0: Hate this character so much.
1: Well, you know what? There's potential for him to turn around now because he co- they could conceivably make him interesting now.
0: You know, okay. I did like the, you know, the the backstories of the Red Lanterns.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask about that because, well, actually, did you like both of them? Because I remember last month saying that Scallix whole backstory was going to be exactly what it is. And you were like, I hate that idea. I hope it's not that.
0: Well, you know, it's almost like it's, you know, after reading it, it's interesting in that it shows the, you know, the different ways, you know, that your rage can get you a ring. Yeah. Um, Which, they still haven't explained why uh, Ratchet doesn't have a face.
1: Yeah, well, I think his symbol is over his face.
0: It might be. Um, But, uh, and you're right, they haven't showed uh, Zillia Zox's origin. Yeah. But the thing (laughs) that pissed me off was that Ratchet is actually saying something interesting. You know, as far as making a comment on you know, the, the motivations of the, the Red Lanterns. And for the first time in this this godforsaken fucking book, um, <laughs> somebody is actually, you know, reflecting on something in an interesting way. And we have Zilius Zox telling him to shut up because he's talking too much.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, how fucking ironic is that? Uh, The first time that it happens and, you know, it's actually like, oh, wow, this is dialogue. that doesn't make me want to stick, you know, knives in my eyes. And we have another character telling him to shut up because (laughs) he's talking too much. That is some fucking bullshit right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we should say that uh, Ratchet finds out, like, from Bleed that the mission they're on is to basically to what Tross has been, has been saying, to find people worthy of, you know, having revenge exacted on them and to carry it out. So they're judge and executioner. And after hearing like the, some backstories, Ratchet's like, so wait, wait, wait. The red rings can go to good people and bad people. Well, then that means that we can't possibly have any real criteria for picking out who gets dealt retribution, so everything we're doing here is flawed.
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, you can't uh, confuse it with a moral crusade.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, which, it's funny, because, like, didn't you make that exact point? Like, everything Ratchet said, like, as soon as Atrocitus said it in, like, issue two or something?
0: Basically. You know what my favorite part about this comic was? What? On, like, one of the last couple of pages with uh, the whole core where Atrocious is rallying the troops.
1: <clears throat> yeah. We
0: get the alien. In what? the background. We have, there's a Red Lantern alien.
1: Oh, the blue thing on the ground? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess so.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so I can round up now to two characters in this book that I think I really like because Bullies continues to be used well and Ratchet is like I wasn't sure about his design because he's basically like a big brain looking thing with tentacles but like and I kind of like that now too because like he's he's gonna be like one of the main cast of this book and he's not even remotely humanoid I, I like that idea like make an alien that looks completely alien but like His backstory, like his Red Lantern origin, like they like he was locked in a cell, like an an eighty year prison sentence in solitary, and they made sure that to to, just to make it worse, they cut off all of his limbs, and like 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 he measures things, and like on year two this happens, on year fourteen this happens. Then on year 20, I started to see sh- weird shit. Like, this is... Like, oh my god. Like, it, this one... It's like he went on a hunger strike at one point, And, like, they started having to force feed him like, with, like, these these metallic arms. And he's like, even this felt like comfort because it was contact of some kind. It's like, oh my god. And, like, when he finally, like... Just fucking freaks out, and the ring shows up. He's like, like that panel where he is crying and foaming at the mouth, and like he goes to touch the ring, and it's got just like this little fiery spark. Like he's not even touching the ring, there's like a half inch between him and it, and it just sparks to him. Like, that is an awesome panel. Yeah. And then I also, and then I find, and speaking of awesome artwork, like that, that, uh, that bottom panel next to the Nightwing ad <laughs> where, um, where it's just, um, uh, Scalax completely, like, silhouetted in the furnace with, like, the red ring in the extreme foreground, like, that's an awesome image, too. Like, this, like, this series, like, I don't know if the art in this series has really impressed me at all until now, but, like, this issue was a lot better. At least visually, I mean.
0: Yeah, you know, it's... I don't know, it's weird, because there are some things that I do like and some things that I don't like. Like how they draw atrocities. I hate that. Yeah. And I'm actually not that big on the wings that come out of Bleza's, uh helmet mask thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've always thought that was stupid.
0: I, I don't. I don't understand that at all.
1: Like, I would love to just redesign her costume completely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like I mean they wanted to go with like a weird prostitute vampire thing with her. I think. Yeah, I I
0: don't know. It's weird, but uh, I mean aside from that, like you know, he, there there are parts where I like the way the Bleez looks, and the other aliens I think you know I think are done well. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this issue was definitely, you know, a marked improvement over previous issues.
1: It was I mean, I th- there are two bits of good Atrocitus stuff in here, I think. One is I love the fact that anytime Atrocitus ever walks on panel where Zillia Zox is already here, he has to throw him into something. <laughs>
0: Like a pinball.
1: Yeah. And the second one is, like, when that, those two pages where he's flying around the dark side of the planet... Like, I thought it was kind of... Like, I thought it was kind of cool to see him just behaving halfway intelligent and just, like, not maniacal for once. Because, like, he's taking the time... Like, he went to the... He went to, like, the dark side of the planets because that's where, he, like, I presume because that's where something can hide. He finds some tracks. He's taking the time to really, like, figure out, like, okay, could this be what I'm looking for? Which way is it going? Is it, you know, this and that? <laughs> and, like, the artwork on it, like, they did really... I won't say they did, like, really great with, uh... with, like, the use of darkness, but, like, there's a good mood to these two pages that's distinct from the rest of the books. They're like I, Visually, I liked this.
0: Um, do you think that's Krona in the shadows? I,
1: no, I don't think it's Krona.
0: You think it's somebody else peeping around?
1: Yes. I mean, I th- they definitely... It's one of those, like, they absolutely want us to think it's Krona, so it's not Krona.
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I hope we get a little more on the, uh, the backstories of these characters. I mean, if they want to do it like, you know, oh, we're going to tell, you know, Red Lantern stories. Okay, that's fine. Just as long as I get, you know, like a steady stream of uh, tales of the Red Lantern core as well.
1: You know what I think they're going to do? I think... I think they're holding back Zilius Zox's story on purpose. I think, because... Atrocitus very blatantly does not trust Belize whatsoever. And I think we're going to get this whole thing of, like, he's constantly, like, ready to snap her neck because he thinks she's going to betray him. Whereas, it's... Ultimately, it's going to be Zilius Zox who turns around and tries to betray him... And if you learn his backstory, it's going to be super incredibly clear that that's exactly the kind of person he is and what he's going to do. <laughs> so I think that we're going to see something like that before too long.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um... Let
1: me see. I thought it was interesting that... <laughs> well, it's actually kind of... Like this issue has like some good, like they keep the theme r- flowing through here because not only do we get the the rage origins of of um ah oh, fuck what's his name Ratchet Ratchet and Scala Scalax
0: Scallux yeah
1: yeah we it's it's like boom 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 we get those two and then we get Johns. So like in this we get like three different red lantern origin stories uh, happening three completely different ways. And I thought it was interesting that with John like <clears throat> I this might be the first time we've seen a red lantern or somebody qualify as being a red lantern because of being angry with themselves. So I don't know if that'll amount to anything later, but, you know, it's interesting to see. (laughs) I guess we'll see. And that's another thing about this guy. He's 22 years old, so that's that's younger than I would have thought he is, because of the way they draw all superhero characters ever. But what do you think of him being that young?
0: It's interesting. It plays into the rage aspect.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it it would probably be a little funnier if it was, like, you know, if he was 17.
1: Or if it was that little girl from issue (laughs) 2? Jesus. (laughs) Bastards.
0: (laughs) Missed opportunities.
1: Yeah. I just wish they would draw... Like, I have the same problem I have with him as I do with, like, old-school Legion comics and Teen Titans comics, where... Yeah, you have teenage characters, but you draw them like they're full grown adults, so it doesn't even matter that they're teenage characters. Like like, okay, yeah, twenty two, but at the same time if he's you're gonna pick somebody who's like if youngish, you should draw them to look younger. I just, don't know.
0: Just call Mike Joy.
1: <laughs> huh. ah, well that's a joke for next episode. Oh god. Alright, so what what would you give Red Lanterns a number for? Um,
0: I would probably give this one a borrow. (laughs) This one would be a high borrow.
1: Yeah, we're getting dangerously close to Red Lanterns being a buy. This is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to... uh, I don't know if it's next issue that Guy Gardner shows up. Maybe it's two issues from now. Oh, God. Guy Gardner shows up eventually. I'm greatly looking forward to that. Because I like it when there's actual characters in this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: don't know, I think I'll be happy. But oh, no, if...
1: this, this. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I think I'll be happier if uh, we just keep getting more of the Tales of the Red Lantern core.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, this cast is starting. This cast is developing itself. So now we have Ble... First we had Nobody Good, then we had Blee's. Now we have lease and ratchet and they throw in the occasional rage kitty. You know, this is, you know, this is starting to, to turn itself around. Mm-hmm. I would also do a high a high borrow, I think.
0: Yeah. So, a good month, definitely a very good month.
1: Yes. Well, I'll, you you don't get to be the the fifth top-selling comic book period by having a so-so month, Jim. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: yeah, I've already read Green Lantern number six, and all I can say—all I I can say—is that.
1: uh, Do it. La 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 (laughs) la.
0: Uh, all I can say is that I can't believe they killed that character. Aww. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Aww. Okay, so uh, if you want to call us. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 708 Lantern. Go to In website. German. Yeah, whatever. Website at <laughs> lanterncast.com. Uh, you got our links to our forum, Facebook page, Twitter, blah, 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 all the other jazz. Uh, emails at lanterncast at or Jim, Dan, Chad, Jason, or James at lanterncast.com. We all have our own individual emails. You can find us on iTunes, you can subscribe to us, leave us a voice uh, not a voicemail. Uh, review. <laughs> yes, review. That's it. Um And uh Uniting the World's Heroes. Oh wait, no, that's not ours.
1: That's the that's the other guys. <laughs>
0: uh um I don't know. I guess that's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's our closing. Did I tell you? What? Yeah. Oh, hey. Did, cause they can hear this too. I don't care. Did I tell you? I cu- I guess I couldn't have because I decided this yesterday. I'm going to try to hit Mocha and Wild Pig now. Really? Because I yes. Because here's here's what I'm thinking. I have like I have like some like two weeks of vacation days, and I never use them up. I always have it left over. So one thing is I'll take like a week off and I'll, it'll be like seven days and like the first day will be like the last day of mocha and the last day will be the first day of wild pig cause they're like, it's, they're like one week apart. So I can hopefully like get in one day at each con. Okay. So if you were going to go to mocha on Sunday, you may was... find me there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was hoping to get to go um
1: What weekend is that? Um it's like April the, Yeah, it, it's like it's April 28th and 29th, I think. It's the last it's the last day of April basically.
0: Okay. Um yeah, I was I was definitely thinking about going for at least a day to that. I, actually there's no way I would go 2 days. But,
1: uh... Yeah, Saturday, April 28th, and Sunday, April 29th.
0: There was another thing that I was looking into as well. Um, okay, but that's the end of March, beginning of April. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll see. Um I'm be- definitely going to have to wait until it gets closer <laughs> to decide if I can go to that. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, no, those are cool ones. Those are definitely cool ones. I mean, you know, right now my priority is, you know, go to Wild Pig for at least a day.
1: Yes. So beyond and that p- and pick up the stuff I have for you. Exactly. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have a short I have a short here's what I have. I have a short box of comics for you. And when was your birthday?
0: Oh uh, July.
1: Yeah, I have your birthday present that I refuse to mail you. <laughs> Awesome. So you're you're gonna get that. God, just in time for this year's birthday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, awesome! It's gonna be a busy year. Oh yes. Uh, okie doke.
1: So, good night, everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so long. Till next week. Yes. Ish.
1: Ish. Oh. <laughs>